Like, I get to do this. For I get paid to talk to people, to help them remember who they are, to help them see how amazing they are, to help them clear away all of the beliefs that aren't serving them so they can live their best life. What? This? I get to do this? This is this is just my favorite thing ever. So my business, okay, what I'm feeling called to share is the foundation of my business is me. My being my sparkliest self. It means I got to take care of my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health first. I got to be the best version of me so that I can give the best version of me to my people. I feel like that's thinking like an entrepreneur. You take care of like the product, which is me, which is you. My energy is sacred and I want to be able to give my best to everyone. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. If you've been hanging out on the podcast for a while, you know that there is a question that I ask almost all of my guests. And while the question has evolved over time, I'm really interested in understanding a key thing. As an entrepreneur, were you born with it? Or did you learn to be this way? Did you learn to produce a business in the capacity that you have now? I asked my guest today the exact same question. And in fact, I set her up right at the beginning that this entire episode would really be getting into the mechanisms of thinking that define us as entrepreneurs. As we round out this series on impact and that acronym of impact and we talk about impact lives and and impact medicine my book coming out in november the t of impact stands for thinking like an entrepreneur and the reality is is even if i inventory my own set of skills and how i have been able to be successful in various realms of of entrepreneurship uh, myself it doesn't come down to my ability to speak, although that can be an asset. It doesn't come down to my ability to write. It's not because I have some like keen sense of, of how to maneuver uh, numbers. What it really comes down to are some ways of thinking and ways of thinking in a big picture context. It comes down to practiced skills, like being decisive and understanding what numbers and what elements of money and money management matter and which ones are extraneous, how to distill information, how to make strong decisions. These are some of the tools of thinking like an entrepreneur that have been important to me, but that doesn't mean that they are the tools of thinking that are necessarily important to everyone. In fact, one of the things that I have learned in speaking with and having access to so many different entrepreneurs is that although there are some commonalities in how we do it, often how we get to those decisions or get to those ideas are actually entirely different. My guest today is breaking down some of these entry points with respect to thinking like an entrepreneur. Kelsey Abbott is a serial entrepreneur. She is a triathlete. She is unapologetically invested in helping people unlock their true potential. And she does this through a combination of her experience in entrepreneurship, 
as a money coach, as an athlete, and as someone who is into human design. Now, I feel like human design is everywhere I go on the internet right now. And I know the internet feeds me the things that I'm thinking about and leaning into and looking at. And I also admit in this episode that human design has been one of those things I have very intentionally combed over because I never felt like I had the bandwidth to understand its rule and influence. I'm curious, but I want to make the time and space. Today, as we talk about and round out the series on impact and the idea of thinking like an entrepreneur, Kelsey forces me to look at and understand the influence of human design and some of the inherent skills that we bring to the table when we enter this earth and how that can influence who we are as entrepreneurs. We talk about energetics, we talk about thinking, we talk about leveraging past experiences, but most importantly, what we talk about is being unapologetic in who you are and how you want to impact the world. It is a pleasure to introduce you to my guest today, Kelsey Abbott. Kelsey, how did you know what to do when you left the security of the government job? Like, how did you know? I didn't. I didn't. I had no idea. I mean, which is probably not true. I had inklings, I had desires, but what I knew, the number one thing I knew was not this. This is not for me. So I left and then the universe did the most magical things for me. It just like bounced me around and said this. So my fiance at the time, we got married, we moved to Maine, got married. And then this little local newspaper shows up one of those free newspapers everyone in town gets it shows up and i don't even know why we were reading it but there was something about this documentary school which happened to be 10 minutes away from the house we were renting and we called them up and we're like hey can we still get it like we're interested in the school like maybe we'll join you next year or something and they were like we start in two days do you want to join us And we were like, both my husband and I were like, yes, please. So then all of a sudden we're enrolled in this nonfiction writing course. Just for fun. Like, well, at the time, so we both came from marine biology backgrounds and we were like, we want to write about science, which we then did. So there was a bounce. So then I became a science writer after that. Then as science writing quieted down, I learned about life coaching and knew I needed to be doing that. So. Science writing dies down. I enroll in coaching school, become a life coach, open my own business, start a triathlon coaching business at the exact same time. All of a sudden, I'm full entrepreneur, no longer a freelancer. And the universe was just like, you know, the the bowling lane bumpers was just like, bump, 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 bump. This is where you're supposed to go. You're going right where you're supposed to be. It looks like it might look from the outside like you're bouncing all over the place, but really you are on your perfect path. Do you inherently take control of situations or are you because I'm 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 I am different and I acknowledge that and not one is better than the other. But so I'm really fascinated when people can like can release that control from the next step or designing out that next step. I'm super fascinated with that uh, with that piece like. Like, where do you take control and where do you just like release and trust? I take control of the next step. What is the next step? The next step was, I need out of this job. What are you going to do next? I don't know. Go get married. Because we were getting married like a 
month later. I was like, so I knew the next couple steps. And then, you know what I keep learning again and again and again? When I don't know something, you know, there's a very, there's an instant where like, I don't know something and then boom, I know everything. It happens every single time. I didn't know that documentary studies program existed and then boom, I did and boom, I was in. I didn't know life coaching existed. And then the next day I was enrolled in life coaching school. So you are also a decisive quick start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like as we're accumulating and having this conversation, I'm like, let's just lay out all of the cool skills and all of the cool thinking that is uh, that is on the table. And what's interesting is I suspect we would like both come to different opportunities through different routes. But one commonality that I will acknowledge as we're like breaking down some of these elements of thinking like an entrepreneur is the capacity to be decisive is really, really critical that when opportunities come in, knowing where you want to go and being able to triage whether or not this is the right thing, that is a core, core skill of entrepreneurship, at least in my experience. Has that been something that served you equally well? Yes, absolutely. And there's also something. So when I was a kid, my grandfather used to tell me these stories about how everything came to him through people. He was like, I met this person and he said I should go to Yale and boom, I was, so I was enrolled in Yale. And then I, and I was like, I remember being like, pops, it doesn't work that way anymore. And now, now that he's gone, I'm like, oh, this is funny. This is exactly in my human design that things come to me through people. The person I learned about life coaching through, she's also, she's somebody I'd grown up with, wasn't super close with, but she had gone to the same marine biology grad school I went to. So she's, I learned about that program from her. Boom. Didn't talk to her for like four years after that. Then she starts doing life coaching. Boom. Check. She's like my little like, oh, that's my nudge. I get I get where I'm supposed to go through the people I know. And I never know when it's coming. And that's the best part is is, you know, in working with the working with law of attraction and manifesting these things into your life. One of the things I have found, at least in my experience, that you need to do is you need to surrender the need to like make all the stuff yourself, like the how part. And I heard this forever, but didn't get it till I was like really in it. The how is so much less important than having clarity on where you want to be and the outcome and the feeling and the experience that you want to uh, attract into your, into your life. Yeah. And 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, you know, with that lens of like what you want to be feeling and what you want to have, like, what what does your business look like for you right now in terms of its intentionality and 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 where you want it to be and and how that's come to fruition? Mm. My business is play, which is my top priority. I want to bring joy to other people. I want to help them have permission to play. I want people to just have so much fun living this amazing place and experience. I want them to be madly in love with themselves, with their lives, with their partners, with every everything they put in their mouth, everything they do. And so a lot of my business is like, I get to do this for, I get paid 
to talk to people, to help them remember who they are, to help them see how amazing they are, to help them clear away all of the beliefs that aren't serving them so they can live their best life. What? This? I get to do this? This is this is just my favorite thing ever. So my business, okay, what I'm feeling called to share is the foundation of my business is me. My being my sparkliest self. It means I got to take care of my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health first. I got to be the best version of me so that I can give the best version of me to my people. I feel like that's thinking like an entrepreneur. You take care of like the product, Mm -hmm. which is me, Mm -hmm. which is you. My energy is sacred. And I want to be able to give my best to everyone. So that means like doing what I got to do in the morning. It's not quite a six hour morning routine, but I do what I got to do to take care of myself, you know? Right. Right. Um, What does that morning routine look like? (laughs) So my morning routine, I go out every day and I put my feet in the grass. So grateful to live in Florida for that because bare feet in the grass. I greet the day with a whole lot of gratitude. And then I ask for divine guidance. And then I come inside and I do have warm water with lemon while I do that. And then I come inside and I meditate with my legs up the wall and I do some activation exercises. And then we're ready to go. We're ready to go walk the doggy while breakfast first. And you're really active, like really active. Like, yes, triathlon, marathon, like intense level of activity active. What what role does that have to play in how you show up as an entrepreneur? So my schedule, I so then after the dog walk, then it's my training. So I won't work with clients until the afternoon because I got I take care of me first. And I've learned that again and again and again and again, the different levels of what I can give to others without taking care of me completely and it's it's like oh wow i can't eat it's tiny like until my cup is a hundred percent full and overflowing with so much sparkle then i can get from the overflow this is true for all humans Mm -hmm. but it's just i'm very aware of it Mm -hmm. it's interesting if people say to me like what is the most important thing you do in your business i'm like exercise it's the most important thing I also do as as a parent and as a partner because I'm an entirely different human when I've had the opportunity to legit move my body in a meaningful uh, in a meaningful way. And these are some of the things that actually differentiate just sort of like showing up and going through the motions of life, but like really taking control of like an, an ownership and like writing your own story means you get to set all of these rules for yourself. Have you had pushback in your journey as an entrepreneur and as an individual? It's like, I'm owning my self-care and I'm making space and it is a priority. Have there been pushback from family or friends or for people who don't understand that? And how did you manage it? Yes. And also, no. I think it was more the stories that like I felt pressure from other people at times to do things differently, how much they really, truly cared about the way I was running my life and business, I'm not so sure they did that much at all. But the stories I was telling myself, oh, yes. But early on, I had a business coach who I would be like, I, this is when we lived in Maine, I go to the Y and 
I am just going for like a, I don't know, 90 minute workout. And I end up talking to so many people and it just ends up, the whole thing ends up taking like three hours and uh, I'm like away from my desk during that time. And she was like, Kelsey, that's your business. Talking to people is your business. Creating raving fans is your business. And you know what happened just a few months ago? I made a new client while sitting at the pool, about to start a pool workout, a swim workout. I have my cap and goggles on, kept my goggles on through the whole conversation because it was so sunny and my sunglasses were in my bag. It gets to be like that. We get to meet our clients. We don't meet our clients when we're sitting at our desks. That's true. We meet them when we're out living our lives amplifying our sparkle, being our best selves, taking care of ourselves. It gets to be that easy. It gets to be that fun. What do you say to those people who are caught in the space of, well, that may be how it works out for you, but, and then we fill in the blank of their story. How, like as a coach, how do you get people past their yeah, but stories? Mm. (sighs) Piece by piece by piece. With a chisel and a paintbrush. Yes. Yes. Very, very carefully. We keep asking, what's the story you're telling yourself? What's the story you're telling yourself? What would feel better? And know that these beliefs, these are things we've been thinking forever. They're thought habits. So I call them, I basically say they're like highways. It's the easy way for you to think. You can keep taking that well-paved, smooth highway Or you can start building some new roads. And at first, those construction roads are going to be bumpy. They're going to be windy. It's going to feel hard. But eventually, you keep practicing that and those are going to feel smooth. And you're like, why didn't I take this? It's so Now it's like I take a zip line every single day instead of going down this smooth highway. And zip lining is way more fun. Kelsey, who are your ideal clients these days? Hmm. People looking to amplify their joy. People who have done the work, they're familiar with personal development. This is not their first rodeo or rabbit hole. And they're here to think outside the box. They're here to be a weirdo. They're here to be like, oh my God, I get to do it that way? (gasps) Okay, yes, please. People who are willing and excited to do it differently. Where do you find them? And the the context for this question is I'm thinking about, you know, all my practitioners were like, I just want people who want to be healthy. Like I'm, I'm totally done having to convince someone that a vegetable is going to like add to the quality of their life. Like if I have to negotiate on the vegetable one more time, I'm going to beat my head against the wall. And so what I really love is like, you're like, I'm just like in the same vibrational frequency as my ideal clients. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be like, I don't know. They just like find me, Megan. But like, how do you find them? And I'm going to, I have a tack onto that, but like, where do they come from? I don't know. Yeah. They just come to me. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. We get to play in the penthouse. The old way of doing things is like, yeah, you can go live in the penthouse and your penthouse can be whatever you want it to be. Mine has lakes and oceans and mountains and forests in it. And so many animals, all the animals. I love to play in the penthouse. The old way is come down to the lobby and be like, oh, hey, come on up to the penthouse with me. Now, uh uh-uh, I get to play in the penthouse. If you want to come up, come on up. You're welcome. I'd love to have you up here, but I'm not going down there. And so if we take this concept, because I'm loving it, and we bridge the gap and make it practical for people, like what, what does that 
what does that actually look like in your business? Are they like, are they booking a discovery call online? Are they just showing up at your door? Like literally, how do we go from I'm resonating with this woman, I would love to work with her more? Like how, how have you bridged sort of the energetic, intentional side of your business, and then the the practical component of pulling people in? Okay, so I'd say most often they hear me on a podcast. And then they request a free chart from me on my website. I send them them their chart and invite them to book a discovery call. They, in booking the discovery call, they have to answer some questions and they have to read this document that's an interview with Kelsey, which has some stuff about some information about working with me, including like the starting prices. And then they have to check the box that they've read that before they book the call. And they have to say what they're hoping to get out of it and why now is the right time. So you're not stuck with tire kickers or people who aren't ready. They're like ready to make the investment and take that step forward. Exactly. And yeah, they it's a time commitment. They have to do some reading. They have to do some homework first. And what's beautiful about that, though, is it becomes it also becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy for you. You don't have 10 calls in a day where you're like, I don't know what's happening right now, but I have all these people who aren't actually interested in better outcomes. You're like, I don't know what's happening. I only have calls with people who are interested in better. Yes, yes, Mm. yes, yes. And, and people are already excited and they know what they're getting into. And they're like, yes, okay, where do I sign up? (sighs) It's not like I haven't done it the other way. I have, (laughs) which is why I'm so excited about doing this this way. My ideal clients who are excited to work with me, they're excited to pay me. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I do is I use human design. Our human design has authority, which is the way we make decisions. It's different for every single one of us. And I will know that person's chart. And so I will tell them to use their authority to make this decision. Emotional authority is one kind of authority. It's the one that I have. And when I have a client coming on who has emotional authority, emotional authority says take 24 hours to make a decision. And so I will tell them, I will teach them how to use their emotional authority. And I will say, no, don't you, I'm not signing you up right now. You get back to me in 24 hours, maybe a little longer. And if it feels really good, then let's do this. But I'm having them follow their authority also makes it so I don't take it personally when they say no. I'm like, oh, sweet. The universe said no, not now. It's not about me. It's just the universe guiding them down their perfect path. I'm listening to all these pieces and I'm like, the one element I'm going to pull out of that is this notion of not taking it personally, right? Being decisive, clear on where you want to go, not taking the outcome personally. These are all like skills in the arsenal of of entrepreneurship. If we were to distill it down and I said to you, Kelsey, what are the three most important tools of thinking as an entrepreneur that you deploy regularly in your business, what would you say those are? Well, I feel like this question, you're probably going to be answering it, do a better job answering it for me because you seem to be very good at distilling things down, like the way you're pulling the threads. I'll take a shot at it. Go for it. Okay. So remember, remember that it's all about you. That's number one. It's all about you in that you got to take care of you, be your best you so that you can give your best self to your people and giving from the overflow, not from the stuff that not from your actual life force that you're using. And then two, it's not about you at all. 
It's about the universe guiding each person. Sometimes people are here to learn us, to learn us something. Wow. Excuse me. To teach us something. <laughs> okay, we're still hearing the lesson. We sometimes need to remember that we're not for everyone. So I had this experience once where before we settled here in Sarasota, we traveled around the country for 16 months in a camper. And I met this woman in a campground who I had just come back from a run. And she was like, what were you doing? It's like, Oh, I just went for a run. I'm a triathlete. And she then proceeded to tell me how horrible running is and how awful it is to be an athlete and how I'm going to destroy my body. And then she asked me what I did for work. And I said, I was a coach. And she's like, Oh, like a life coach. I don't believe in all that. Hooey. And it was hilarious. She just kept telling me thing after thing. I was like, you're not my person. You are making it abundantly clear. It's okay. You don't have to love me. I'm not here to convert you. And that might be the third thing. You're not here to convert people. If they if they don't want to work with you, bless and release. Bless Let them go live release. their lives. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you're allowed to receive the perfect clients. You don't have to fight for them. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to convert them. You're allowed to just have them come right up to you and say, hi, I want to work with you. It's allowed. It can all be really easy and it can all be really fun. You can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like my fundamental philosophy in all things is like, if I want all of these things and all of these things, what has to be true in the middle so I can have them all at once? Because there really doesn't have to be any rules around how these pieces, how these pieces get pulled together. Kelsey, I love your attitude and your energy and the way you're approaching these pieces. I feel like this is the perfect place to transition the interview to these things that I call impact ingredients. So I've got a few quick rapid fire questions for you. And the first is when you really need it, when you need courage and you're not feeling it, how do you cultivate courage at a moment's notice? Mm, I close my eyes and jump. (laughs) It's the best. What is your motivational beverage of choice? Um, I'm a weirdo. I drink water. I drink water all day, every day. So I guess I'm that's an it. Path. There's nothing weird about that. <laughs> I'm like, hallelujah. That's amazing. What's the biggest non-negotiable in your life? Ooh, I have a lot. Movement, but also connection with nature and delicious food and time with my time with my family. And also talking to people at the pool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that combines a bunch of them. A hundred percent. Sufficient. Yes. As an entrepreneur, were you born with it or did you learn to become an entrepreneur? Both. I was born with it, fought it like a mofo, and then relaxed into it. Amazing. And last question for you, Kelsey. What do you want your legacy of impact to be? Joy. I want to leave the world and every moment that I'm in I want to leave the beings that I interact with more joyful than they were before they interacted with me. Amazing. Perfect place to end this interview. Kelsey, where can we send people to connect with you and the amazing work you're putting into this world? Go to my website, KelseyAbbott.com. Awesome. We'll link everyone up in our show notes. You can grab those at MeganWalker.com forward slash podcast. Kelsey, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, Megan. This was amazing. Oh, my pleasure. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in, or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel, and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.